Welcome to episode 10 of the Emerald Gem. My name is Sean from Balcony Bridge. We're here at Cafe Racer's brand new artist green room. Uh, we got to thank Jody Ramsamy for Vivid Presents for having us. Cafe Racer, thank you so much for hosting. I'm here with my good friend, Anna Aish. Thank you so much for having me. This green room is literally like very legit. It's pretty nice. When level. I walked in, I was like, where did this come from? <laughs> like, oh my gosh. One thing that I've noticed about this podcast, like now that that it, with the video that I've been watching is we were just talking about like having a sense of self or whatever. I've never seen myself talk this much. So like watching myself talk, I'm like, you're like, what Damn, is going teeth, on? Like, really stick out a lot. <laughs> like seeing yourself on camera for the first time and you're like, oh God, do I actually look like that? <laughs> I mean, for the most part, uh, there, sometimes I'm like, you know, okay, I look good. That's nice. But then other times I'm like, oh shit, that's what I look like when I talk. Yeah. It made me think like uh, talking in the mirror or something like that. I've tried that before in the past. Like whenever I was a server, I was like, okay, let me practice this or whatever, like working the register. And then I remember I said like one of the things that you say, like, hi, how are you doing today or whatever. As soon as I spoke in the mirror, I was like, oh, fuck that. Fuck that. I couldn't do it. It was very strange. Like you were weird. setting yourself up for how you look to your customers. Exactly. I'm saying? like, okay, let, let's see. Like, what does this look like? You know? And I know that's definitely a thing that actors do, right? Like if they're practicing lines, because that makes sense. They're going to be on camera and just yeah. and shit like that. But um, yeah, I will say it's been strange to just like be on camera like all the time and then just like watch and just be like oh that's that's me i'm being perceived <laughs> by, myself. <laughs> by myself yeah Whoa. that's that's like the same thing we were saying earlier with um like hearing your voice on like audio yeah for the like especially if you haven't in a while and you're like oh i sound disgusting i would say on that end i feel like as i've gotten older my voice has changed and i've liked it a little oh, yeah. bit more you know oh, yeah um singing was probably one of the biggest things that humbled me i guess you know and even like my parents like i'll show them the music that i make now and they'll listen to it and they're like oh like you sound much more confident in your voice <laughs> and i'm like yeah Thanks. i guess that stuff i showed you guys a couple years ago wasn't very good was it <laughs> <laughs> that's always uh me when i listen to my voice recordings because like a lot of the times i'll be like out and about or something and i'll, I'll have like a random like idea and i'll be like i have to i have to record this like right yeah. now and i'll be like looking around if anyone can like see me do this and then i'm like i sing it like into my phone as quietly as possible um and then i'll listen to it later and be like oh my god <laughs> it's just so embarrassing i feel like singing in public is something that i really need to get over you know like don't like who like, the fuck cares yeah. man just just that's sing. like your own you ego like singing, yeah just sing it, you know you're like oh no i shouldn't do that but it's like the people that are singing on the street, like randomly, just top of their lungs. Like someone did it last night. They were singing Frozen um, after I got off work. And I was like, good for you. Like, I wish I had the guts to do I'm like, they're just living their life. Yeah. I like, mean, it doesn't even have to be something as drastic as just in public, but even just around my friends or like even at band practice, oh my gosh, if I have yeah. an idea. <laughs> it, it's a, I get that feeling like right before you jump off of a cliff or something like that. And then you, you get like, like oh. butterfly. Yeah. It's like you You're get like shaky. Uh, What's that thing that happened in Harry Potter? Petrified. <laughs> I get fucking petrified. <laughs> you is know? it petrified? You, yeah, with the snake. No, Whenever yeah, you look yeah. at the snake, they're like, she's it been is petrified. petrified. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's so I love Harry Potter. Lame. I know, <laughs> yeah, me too. I remember uh, back in 2020, right when the pandemic was happening, everybody was watching all of the big like movies, like go through all seven Harry Just Potter movies. Just binging everything, yeah. But I had gotten a concussion. And I couldn't watch TV. Like, it hurt to, like, look at screens and shit. So I remember just lying on the floor of my room, and my roommates were watching Harry Potter. And I was like, damn, you I just really got to listen to it. Harry Potter. How'd yeah, you get a exactly. concussion? Uh, snowboarding. Oh. Yeah, I was wearing a helmet, too. Oh. But I went down pretty hard. And, um, yeah, I don't know. It was tough. There's definitely, like, a change from before and after. Like, my train of thought. I couldn't oh, keep it so the crazy. way that I would just lose it. Yeah. I mean, it can definitely be really bad. Like there's some people who end up developing like anger issues and things like that, or like some severe memory loss. I don't know. Um, but yeah, there was definitely like a weird shift where I just felt different. That's after. so scary. And yeah, yeah, it took some time. It took at least nine months to a year to where so I actually started feel to feel like recovered. myself again. And it, yeah, gosh, man, maybe I didn't process that enough because it's interesting how like injuries or things can just happen in your life. And it's like, I heard this in a movie the other day that things will happen in your life when there's a before and then an after. Mm. And, uh, 
Yeah, that's a scary concept. That's deep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've never gotten a concussion, but I just, this memory just like popped up from the, from the vault of my brain. Yeah. Um, the closest that I've ever gotten to a concussion was also, I think during the pandemic, um, when I was in Nashville, a bunch of my friends, we went to this, like the, um, the Capitol building in Nashville and like went like sledding down the hill. Cause like everybody was doing it. Seems like a good time. And yeah, it was super fun. We had snow in Nashville. So we're like, heck yeah, let's go sledding on down the Capitol. Yeah. But it's like this really steep little like hill, you know? Um, and it's, it's quite large to be honest. And we very stupidly brought, uh, like like water tubes they're like oh like the donuts yeah <laughs> oh no way yeah like floaties for like floaties. like these big floaties for like just sledding. lazy river you yeah, know but yeah. like we brought them sledding mm -hmm. um so we get all the way up there and me and my friend emma are like we're gonna go first whatever and our two friends like pushed us down but we kind of started like turning and there was like a little bump on the hill and we both hit the bump and fell back down so hard that the tube popped like beneath us. Damn. And it like, it sounded like something like went off. Like everybody stopped and like was listening and we're like, oh my God, are they okay? And like, I bit my tongue. Like I was so grateful that I didn't like bite through my tongue because it was like yeah, that yeah. hard. You and know how terrible that would be? <laughs> it was so, I know. Um, like probably best case scenario in that situation, but like we both were just like, I couldn't even like move my neck the next day Seriously. because it was so bad. And I was like, we definitely got a concussion from that, but I, I wasn't like sensitive to light or anything, but like, mm -hmm. yeah, I didn't go down after that. Dude, injuries are for real. It's been <laughs> it's scary. our friend Alex. Shout out Alex. Shout out Alex. <laughs> um, he hit me up <laughs> and you. he just asked, do you snowboard or do you ski? And I'm like. I really want to get back out there, but it's been, yeah, four it's years traumatic. now. It's yeah. Since. And also, I've got some shit that I don't want to risk. I mean, if I go down and break my wrist and then suddenly can't do a balcony oh my, bridge yeah. show because I broke my fucking wrist, I'd be devastated. Yeah. You know? um, it's like life-changing, like something I, so like, simple. Yeah. yeah. And I understand now what it's like to be a parent. <laughs> <laughs> I've got responsibilities now, you know, I can't be risking my life, you know? You're so wise. People depend on me now, you know? <laughs> For real though, it's like you're a family. Like if, I mean, what would they do if you if you just like broke your wrist one day? Um, like I'd probably move to a different instrument. Like we could probably still do shows and then as long as I had one hand, maybe I'd just do like some synth leads yeah. on the keys or something like that, you know? But I mean, still, I mean, very adaptable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd have to do something. You, you know? got to do something. Percussion. If I broke like both my wrists and I guess I'm just like banging my head on some congas or oh something. That would be really fun to watch. But <laughs> another concussion would probably happen. <laughs> so. like, you got to see this band. This guy, he just breaks his nose. He just goes crazy on the gun. <laughs> he plays him with his face. <laughs> you can only hit one note at a time. But... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that'd be um, crazy. Oh, my gosh. So back to that heavy point of uh, a before and and after mm -hmm. i think it doesn't have to be so dramatic as like i mean there's a lot of like things that'll happen in our lives that will change us and set us on a different path like it could be as small as something like moving right yeah. like i used to call that the why it's like your life took a y direction and like when i decided i wanted to move out of texas and my life instead of continuing to go this way it went that way all of a sudden um but it's I think crazy. It, it, yeah, yeah. Um, and one, I guess one way that I wanted to tie that into, um, like you and your music is that EP that you released in 2020, uh, I believe it's called, he will probably never hear this. I doubt he'll ever hear this. Yes. <laughs> I was so happy with that title. It's awesome. And it's <laughs> sad. You. It is sad. And it's good, but it sounds like it's about a breakup. <laughs> was it about a breakup? kind of yeah i i've actually never been in like a serious relationship what do you think a serious relationship is like you're actually boyfriend and girlfriend for a long time like years or even like i've i've never even had like a like an actual like boyfriend okay I feel like unless I gotcha. you count like seventh grade 
I, I mean, yeah, I didn't have my first relationship until I was like 24, 25. But yeah. even then, it was during the pandemic, and we were just kind of like sheltered together. Yeah, you know? it just so and happened just... that you're stuck together. Yeah. <laughs> and we were just both kind of, I called her my doomsday girlfriend, and we were just both kind of, just kind of <laughs> going through the motions. I was doomed girlfriend. Um, well, the thing about that relationship is it definitely like ran its course, and it got to a point where it's like we both understood that yeah. we should move on. So it was like a very amicable breakup, and it was for the best. Um, but also like that backdrop of the pandemic, not yeah. knowing where the world's going to be like that relationship was more about, I think both of us having some kind of stability. Yeah. Um, but Especially yeah. in such an unprecedented, like, what are you supposed to do? Like you kind of needed to, like everybody needed someyone during mm -hmm. that time. And like, unfortunately we were, you know, quarantined to our houses and scared to go outside. Like. It's really strange yeah, that that happened. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. <laughs> you know? I kind of block it out sometimes. Oh, it's me like, too. I bury that shit. That happened? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but crazy. anyway, but you dropped that like five, six song EP during the pandemic. Right? Yeah. And that was, um, it was something that I wanted to do for so long. Um, so what had actually happened, right, literally the day, one of the first days of the pandemic, I was in the studio with, my now mix engineer, Ben, we had met because of this project. And he, he was like working on this big project. We were doing like two songs together. Um, and then we were supposed to, we got like, I think two sessions in at the studio and then COVID hit. Yeah. So it was like, we could not step foot in the studio. Thank goodness. Um, everybody that I worked with on that, we all worked with on that session or like that project was just absolutely phenomenal like i mean it sounds amazing. really good um well it's actually it's only one of the songs that's on that ep okay but um yeah so we we had these like two songs that luckily were basically done mm -hmm. um and i was like well i still want to like put out stuff like I, I still like have a bunch of music and like now i have this person that is so incredibly talented and, like wants to like mix my music and work on my music for me um and I, I think it was like the next fall or the, that, like that summer of 2020 um, that I was like, I really want to, I really want to do this. How like, cause that, that was like the first big project that I was like getting a mix engineer, getting a mastering engineer, like doing everything. Next so level, it was all yeah. so new to me. Cause like I had put out like one um, like acoustic song before that. Uh, and I was producing all my own music and I was like, I really want to put this project together. It feels really cohesive to me. I want to do something big and I want to put out like an EP or something to have. Um, and it was so funny cause he was also in Nashville or like just outside Nashville and we had to do it all remotely. Um, but yeah, I sent him, I sent him the tracks and he mixed them. Um, he also mastered them actually. And I'm, so happy with how they turned out how'd you record it was everything crazy. in my little closet really <laughs> yeah. no way well i mean like everything was like electronic other mm -hmm. than um right once i'm over it is the last song on the ep that was one that we did in the studio and actually the last song that i just re uh released this past fall uh when you're bad the studio version yeah it's really good was the other one that we did in the studio three years ago and we've been wanting to release it for so long because I just, it sounds so cool. And I would love, I would love for one day to get in a studio with him again. Cause it's just so fun and he's incredible. Shout, out, you meet him? shout out to Ben Facebook. No way. So you're like, was, I'm looking to do this project. And he, then... no, he had, he had said it. He, um, was at MTSU at the time he was doing his master, master, um, master's degree words. Uh, and I can't even remember what his actual degree was. I'm so sorry, Ben. But uh, yeah, he he's huge in audio production, and he had like this big final for that year, and um, he just like put on. I don't even remember what Facebook group it was. He was like, "I'm looking for an artist to like do this stuff with," and I just on a whim was like, "Hey, I'm super interested. Um, I go to Belmont. I'm a songwriting major. Like, I here's a few demos." Like literally just me and guitar on my little voice memo app. Oh yeah. Um, and that's about all I all I sent him. And he reached out and he was like, Hey, I got a lot of interest, but um I think we had like a like a phone call and he just like talked to me about like my goals and God, I can't even remember now. It's been 
few years, but so this that all was, happened in Nashville. Yeah, this was all in Nashville okay. when I was still in school. Um, because I had graduated, I was graduating that spring mm-hmm. of 2020, so it was like March of 2020 or February of 2020. Okay, maybe even January. But uh, yeah, we I think we had a phone call and kind of talked about it, and then um, he was like, yeah, I honestly dig your music i think you have a really cool like there's something he 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 knew what direction i was going in yeah just from that and i was like i'm like oh my god (laughs) (laughs) like i'm stoked uh yeah and then we kind of had the the sessions ripped away from us but um eventually we got the the ep out or like i had sent him these songs and we went back and forth for a while and then eventually got him released and right once I'm over it was the the studio song on there well it sounds really good I was listening to it and I was getting like senses of a little bit of Coldplay in there and then some radio (laughs) head in there too when I was listening to it I was like this sounds and it's something that I relate to yeah and this is gonna sound cheesy or weird I don't know but it sounded very English you know (laughs) like it's you know like it, it and uh like keen you know yeah yeah like it it just reminded me of all those feelings that i get when i listen to those bands and that's something that i like to incorporate in my own style especially when i play the piano i'm like oh man i feel like they would love this in fucking london you know yeah (laughs) Um, see i love london so like i hope that they hope that they listen to it well the production value is off the charts it sounds really good and you're obviously really talented so i hope that you keep finding ways to keep producing music and yeah i shows I think I even, I started, um, I didn't, I've never really produced. I mean, I used to do like, um, like I would try to track my own like guitar and vocals and stuff like back in my bedroom in like high school, but I was quite shit at it (laughs) to be completely honest. But, uh, it was on, have you ever heard of audacity? Yeah. Isn't that a program, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I, it's so funny thinking about it now, but I started on like audacity, eventually went to start doing like electronic stuff on garage band um knowing this was like starting in like college i started doing stuff on garage band um and it was then that i was like produce like production is so cool and like yeah. being able to produce your own music and like all the things that you're hearing in your head i'm like i i want to do that because i'm hearing something and i don't know how to how to get it there but i want to i want to build this soundscape and like put all this together and like be able to add my vocals to it. And like, it's also one less step, you know? Um, so you did all of the instrumentation on there and then Ben was just your mixing engineer and master engineer. Except for on right once I'm over it. I'm trying to remember if, um, there were a few songs I know on the second EP that my friend Shauna co-produced. So what, what typically happens is like, I'll work on it. I think it was just on the second um, EP. I can't remember if she was on any of the first one on the first EP. But what I usually do is like I'll I'll work on it. I'll work on it. I'll work on it. I'll like kill myself trying to figure out how I want this to sound. And then if I can't get anywhere else on it, I'm like Shauna, here is here's the all the files. Please help. Yeah. <laughs> like so, it's like halfway there. Um, and then she'll just find something and just do her magic yeah. and be like, what do you think of this? And I'll be like, that's what it needed. Hell yeah. Yeah. So she, she's co-produced on a few, um, Gosh, that process. I feel yeah. like, I feel like there's a name for that kind of process where it's like, you're working, you're working, you have this vision in your head and you're trying to execute this thing and you just get to a point where you're like, I need some help. Yeah. But then somebody is able to just like make that happen for you or like push you over the edge. You know? Yeah. It's like, well, it's, it's crazy because like, especially like as an artist, you, you want to have so much control, like, and you're going to lose a lot of that creative process by taking too much, like away from the art, you know? So like, I, as my, I love, I love producing my own stuff. I'm constantly like messing with things, getting new ideas, but it's like, if you're working on it too much, you have your ear too far into it. It's going to end up hurting it. If like, even like people who will mix and master their own stuff. I'm like, in the long run, you're going to be too close to it. You have to have somebody else who has so much ability and like yeah. is incredible with that kind of thing. Like I am, I can't mix 
for shit. I can't master for shit. Why I would ever try to mix or master by myself. I, I would never, it, I'd, yeah. I think, I, well, I think it might be a similar case where like if you did want to like mix your own stuff, it'd be because you have a very specific vision for what you want to hear. Yeah. So, uh, me, by in no means am I a mixing engineer, but I will know like what I want to hear more of. Yeah. You know? So I'll be like, in this specific part, let me automate to bring the guitar up or something like and that. And that's, you know? I mean, and what I love about Ben as well um, is he he will value a rough mix. So what I do is I'll, I'll send him a rough mix and I, I do hate taking off all of the, the presets that I had on everything, but like he will, he will bring it and do it better because like that is what he is good at. That is, yeah. he, he will bring it to the next level. And like in the long run, I'm going to hurt myself by do, trying to do it all myself. Um, and that was something that I took a long time to let, let go, go of. of. Yeah. yeah. Cause it's so easy to be like, oh no, I can just do it all myself. And then there's like a sense of accomplishment, but I think where it ends for me is like, I feel really, I feel great about being able to pr produce my own stuff. But even then I kind of have to let it go sometimes. Like I, I love, I would love to do like a full studio album at some point. Um, and it still like pains me because I'm like, then I know I'm not going to have my hands all over the production, you know? Right. But I think that sound is also something that I really want to do, hmm. so. Well, I yeah. love your sound <laughs> and you. I was listening to some of it today and I'm very curious about how you got some of the sounds that you did. Like, uh, <laughs> one of the songs, I think the one that you just released most recently, was it called? Uh, it was, uh, when you're bad, the studio version. When you're bad. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I related to that song too, when you're talking <laughs> about like, I've never been like the bad girl or whatever. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, it's not in me to be the bad guy. Yeah, I'm you know? so uh, <laughs> not that person. Um, I act like I want to be. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but you have some really cool, what I would call like Billie Eilish tones in there, you know, like with Thank that heavy, you. like synth bass yeah. pad stuff yeah. that's going on. Um, so yeah, I, I love that sound and it's really fun. Well, that one was really cool too. Cause like I said, that was the other song that we did in 2020. Mm, okay. Um, and we had that one basically done, but we kept holding on to it. Um, Ben kept coming back and like taking new things into it and bringing just completely transforming it it's yeah. crazy um but when we were doing that song in the studio at the time i was like this just isn't it doesn't have like this like i'm looking for something different in it and i don't really know what it is right now but i want to make this more electronic i think yeah so on my second ep i ended up releasing just when you're bad um so it's like my version of when you're bad it was fully produced i produced it i d can't remember if shauna was on that one as well um, but it was like very, like, uh, like very, I really love a lot of like layers of like dark synths and bass and like, just like very heavy, like snare sounds and like really yeah. like distortion. Like you said, creating a real soundscape. Yeah. Like very, cause like that song is so like when you're bad, like I want to be like crazy and do stupid shit just to do stupid shit, you know? like with the bad boy. Uh, <laughs> and I feel like that sound like just mimicked it where it's just like, you're like falling and you're like just in this, like in that mindset, you know? Um, so then when we, I, I think it was when I was in Ireland that um, Ben had said like, Hey, I was working on this version of when you're bad, the studio. And I was like, I would actually love to release that at some point. Oh yeah. Um, and I can't remember, I think he had updated it then because I was like, I really want to do like the studio version and then the demo version. Cause we had recorded just him on guitar and my vocals in his bedroom back in like, where was he? Hendersonville, which is right outside of Nashville. Okay. And there was something about, I actually ended up buying the mic that he used on my vocals because of how it sounded like I was obsessed like there was something in that room just him on guitar and me singing that just was like so cool um so we released both both of those versions this year and I just think it's was so that the cool stripped down version yeah so there was this, oh my god it was that this... sounded just as good that sounded so it's like this is stripped down but I'm like this is fucking well yeah it's, it's crazy like there's something cool about like each of the versions and I'm just so like 
stoked about it. Like, cause I, I changed a bunch of lyrics. So like the strip version has different lyrics than the studio version. And then the studio version sounds completely different than the electronic version, which is on the EP. Yeah. And yeah, I, I'm so happy with the feedback from people that have listened to it. Like there was, like I said, the, the musicians on that, on that track were just incredible. And I, I'm so happy that we finally released it because we've been holding on to that for so long. Well, it seems like it's been doing pretty well too. You know, like you've got some sizable listens on Spotify. I don't. So my first EP, I, I really, I really put in the work. I think it um, also was really helpful to release an EP during COVID because like everyone was sitting at their computers. Everyone was oh, listening yeah. to music. So I was just reaching out to everybody and anything I could doing any everything that possibly like came to my mind like i was at the computer like eight hours a day just like taking breaks because i was like holy crap um just trying to get people to listen to my to my ep and it worked out like i i did pretty pretty decent on the first ep um but this when i when i released uh the studio version of when you're bad this year i didn't do a ton of promotion for it i think i posted about it and like it was doing okay. Like it got on a few playlists and stuff, but I, when I was in Wisconsin, I was home in Wisconsin for December yeah. and I woke up and it was seven in the morning and there were so many people listening to my music, like to that. I, I didn't know it was to that song at the time, but I was like, why is everybody listening to the music <laughs> at seven in the morning? I'm like, well, I don't know what's going on. Um, and the next day the streams were at like, I mean, it was at like 1500 the day before. And then the next day it was like 2,500. That's awesome. And I was like, I don't. What happened? Yeah. I have no. I still have no idea. I think it got on a playlist, um, and like the radio, like the Spotify radio picked it up. Oh, like hell just yeah. random days. Yeah. Like I'll just check, and then it'll go up a ton, and then it'll kind of it'll level out mm -hmm. <laughs> the next week. Yeah, I have no idea what's going on, but yeah, I, I haven't been promoting it as much as I would like to. But so I'm still happy with it. When did you start playing music? I, I, in my head, I've got this vision that you started like on guitar or something like that. I started playing guitar when I was 13. Um, I like started same. getting lessons. Yeah, yeah. On like a really shitty, like, uh, like a little guitar from like Walmart. Cause my parents were like, Oh, we'll see if she like sticks with yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, Low investment, you know? So yeah, you stick exactly. To it. Exactly. And like, Granted, I've been telling, I think I was telling my mom I wanted to learn guitar since I was like nine. Oh, well, that's huge. That's yeah. like what my dad did. I was like, dad, I really want to play bass. Can I buy a bass? For real, yeah. And then I had to like stick to that request and request it over and over for like six months until it was my birthday. And then he pulled me out of school early and then we went and bought a bass in downtown Austin. I remember um, we met at a parking lot of this music store and I was playing the bass. I remember I looked at my dad and I was like, I'm not really feeling it. Because <laughs> that is that is the thing, you know, yeah. like when you go to a, a, a like, store well, and it's like, I like to think about um, Orville's or whatever the fuck it's called. Uh, Harry Potter where they get their mm -hmm. wands. You know yeah. what I'm talking about? I can't remember what it's called. Um, the shop. Oleander's. I can't fucking remember. But it's like it, it, the instrument chooses you in a way. So when you go to a place like Guitar Center or any kind of music shop and you pick up an instrument and you play it, you're like... Yeah. Oh my God, this thing is speaking to me is what I'll say. And when I picked up that bass in the parking lot, I'm like, I'm not yeah. feeling it. It's not speaking to me. Uh, but I remember my dad was like, well, if you're not going to play it, I'll buy it and I'll play it. And I'm like, no, 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 Does it's he fine. Play bass? It's fine. Um, Does he play kind any of, instruments? Not really. Okay. Um, but we ended up buying that bass and then that bass did end up choosing me and and uh, i still it have it today it really? was a slow burn yeah yeah that's how love really works <laughs> <laughs> it's not supposed to hit you all at once it's supposed to be a gradual yeah, yeah. i heard that once in a movie they're like real love is like a crock pot mm. it's not fireworks you it's know like it's a, a slow pot. burn we i don't know man pots. i like fast and heavy too though <laughs> 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 it's fun Wait, so how long was it before, how long did you say it was before you started being like, wait, I want to play this? Play bass? Yeah. Um, like after your dad had bought that one. Oh, like how long did it take for the bass and I to connect? Yeah. Um, not very long, I don't think, because I was in a band at the time. And then so the practice was really like drilling me and getting me into it. Um, and then, yeah, I just fell in love with playing bass and getting those sounds. And it was funny. 
I didn't even want to play bass originally. I just wanted to be in a band. But growing up as a kid, who's like 13, 14, nobody wants to play bass. Everyone wants to play guitar or drums. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, I'll do bass. Exactly. I'm like, yeah, I just want to <laughs> be in a band a and make this happen. So I remember I actually used to plug in my guitar and I, I was plug it into a PA actually, and I would turn up all the lows and cut out all the highs to try to make my bass sound oh like my I made my guitar sound like a bass. It was funny. And then I remember my drummer at the time was like, man, that bass sounds really good. And I'm like, this is a guitar. <laughs> it's not even a bass. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Pulled. <laughs> <laughs> my pen worked. Oh, man. That's that's crazy that you were in a band at 13. Yeah. I feel like that's not 13, 14. It was like un- the seventh grade. Right? Yeah. That's how old we were back then. <laughs> I think. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. I forget how old I am now sometimes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You got to keep the inner kid alive. That's yeah. what's, That's been a common theme. Sure. You know, and the people that have come on the podcast, you know, it's like that's the beautiful thing about music is how it allows us to let go and be free from worry or concern or mm-hmm. anything like that. And then just play, you know, like it's if just fun to. to just play and just be a kid. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what? Uh, OK, so what I would like to know is, OK, Gosh. so you started playing guitar at 13 yes. and obviously like over the like 10, 11, 12 years, I mm-hmm. think you're 24, something like that. 25. Right? Yeah. 25. OK. Congratulations. So old. Thank you. <laughs> um, your sound is obviously developed, so there's been a lot of growth there. I'm curious, like, what ambitions or goals that you might have, like, going forward, or what kind of life you want out of music? Oh yeah, I mean, right now I have so many ideas, and I'm just trying to figure out, like, because I, you know, I just got back to Seattle, so I'm like, oh, I'll, I'll, I said at least I was like, oh, I'm gonna, you know, get settled, take it easy, yeah. you know, get back into Seattle. And the last couple of weeks have just been insane, like it just made me realize like how badly I missed it. Like I knew I missed it, but I'm like, this is where I'm supposed to be. Um, That's good to know because I think that is one of the hardest things to find is like, where is the place that you know, this is where I belong. That you feel like home. Yeah. You feel like at home. And I, I get super attached to places. And like when I was in Ireland, I was just like, you know, hearing from these people that were my friends in Seattle that are still like, like my my old job sent me a letter really? and they all like put a little thing in it. I talk about it all the time. I was like having the worst day and I was about to go to this job that I didn't really care for at the time. And I get their letter and I'm just like about to cry, like reading it on the street. Um, yeah, Which- I was just like, I'm so ready to be back in Seattle. Like the whole time I was like, I'm, I just want to like sit and hang out with my friends even like just yeah. like the simple stuff like. I didn't even need to do anything crazy. But in like the first day I got back, um, two of my friends were like having a little jam. And I like texted my other friend and I was like, can I crash this? Like, can I just show up? I don't need to play. I just, I like literally just got back. But um, yeah, I like saw one of my friends for the first time in like a year and just like got to sit and hang with them and like hear them play amazing music and like, just like soak it in. I'm like, this is this is what I missed. Like, this is why I'm back. And like, it just solidified it all for me, for sure. Yeah, I know we talked about it a little bit. Um, when you were in Ireland, the music over there was much more like entertainment based, you know, like less of something that was about self-expression and more about, let me play the songs that people like so that they have a good time at it, like a bar or something uh, like that. Well, at least definitely. <laughs> I don't know what that sound was that I just made. It was like, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway uh, so busking is really big in okay. in Dublin, especially. Like um, a lot of people have, at le- I mean, at least I think Dermot Kennedy was one of them who's like busking just a ton and, you know, made it eventually. Um, oh, the, fucking, what's his name? Ed Sheeran. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ed Sheeran. <laughs> yeah. Duh. Um, he was in Galway. He was Galway, yes. <laughs> um, Dublin is huge with with busking, and I'm so grateful. One of my, like, my best friend in Ireland was also a busker. He was one of the first people that I met, actually, because I went down Grafton Street, which is, like, the main shopping district that, like, everyone is busking. Um, and I was like, I should oh, he's finishing a set. Like I should talk to him. Um, and I just like asked him a few questions about busking, whatever. And like, we ended up just being friends and like, he was like my rock for a while I was in Ireland for sure. 
Did you guys um, meet you? You met while I met busking? him because yeah, he had finished his set busking. Gotcha. And um, I was like, "Hi, nice to meet you. I have some questions about how to how to go busking." And I I did a little bit of busking when I was there, but yeah, it's definitely um, like a lot of co it's. I mean, it's basically all covers. You yeah. maybe can sneak in a few originals, and like some people do really really well with it, and that's what they love to do, and they you know, go on to play at uh, like the pubs and stuff or like different venues and they do quite well or they even start like putting out music on their own and like starting their career that way. Oh, yeah. Um, and then there's the other side of it. Like I also had a friend that was in a band that are super cool. Like they were super cool and quirky um, and also do really well with that. But it's it's yeah it's not it's not quite the same here like it it felt a lot more closed off than seattle but there's something just so cool about seattle the music scene here i think closed off in the sense of like the musicians or like there wasn't a sense of community or people were just doing their own thing yeah like i didn't really understand the music scene for like the people playing in bands until right before i left gotcha but i also wasn't really trying i that wasn't necessarily one of my goals while i was there like I was kind of happy to busk every once in a while. Um, you wanted to travel. I wanted to travel. Like that was the the biggest thing is like, I wanted to write and like, I was still producing and writing as much as I could, but like, yeah, I wasn't playing shows really or getting into the scene as much as I would have liked to, I suppose. I gotta say from me following like your adventure, living abroad, I was like, seems like the universe is on your side in a way it seemed like it was a successful time you could say you know that's there's a better word than that yeah right um but i remember whenever i was over there because i was over there just like a year before you were yeah or just like a few months actually and i remember we went on this tour and the guy was like there's one million people in dublin and only 12 <laughs> apartments that's not what they sound like i butchered that but you know <laughs> it is true though <laughs> but, but you got there and you got an apartment like the first day right yeah, uh, that was that was actually quite crazy because there there is a huge housing crisis in Dublin and it's super expensive. Um, I believe I've heard this a million times, but they said that it's the most expensive rent in all of Europe. Damn, Dublin. in Dublin? Yeah, which I need to I need to like <laughs> that's wild. Validify that. Yeah, it could be something like it, per capita. Yeah, who knows? But I mean, it it wasn't cheap, you know. But I was definitely flying on the seat of my pants. Like I got there, both of my bags were gone. Like the, they were just gone. I got them back the next day, thank goodness. But I was staying at an Airbnb for like the first week and I'm like, I'll have to find an apartment within the first week. Yeah. And I was like asking my Airbnb host, who's also a good friend of mine, um, like, how do I find an apartment? How did you find this apartment? Right. And he was like, be checking Facebook every hour. Like, <laughs> add every single Dublin housing and be checking every hour, reaching out, whatever. Um, and that's, yeah, that night, actually, I was, like, in my room, like, searching, on my, like, checking through Facebook, and I saw this, like, little place, like, really close, like, in the city center. Nice. Like, it was, like, a 30-minute walk from where I was. And I was, like, hey, I'm interested can I do a walkthrough tomorrow? Yeah. And they were like, yeah, totally. And they, I mean, even at that point, like the listing was not up very long and they already had like a good few other applicants. But for some reason she got a really good feeling about me. And like, I came back like two days later, I think, or the next day to like meet the other two roommates and like chat a little bit. And yeah, they were like, do you want it? You can move in. That's Getting them the money was really hard, though. Why, why is that? <laughs> that was, like, a whole other issue. Because, like, like bank transferring is so easy. But, like, all of my like all of my stuff was in USD. And I also have, like, a small bank. And getting it to Euro, like, I, I couldn't get Revolut. I couldn't get an Irish bank account yet because I couldn't prove my address. Or oh, gotcha. I couldn't prove, like, anything. I didn't have a job yet. So I paid my first month in cash because I had to just keep getting money out of the ATM because I had no other way to give them this money. Dude, I admire... Which I figured it out later how to actually do it, but that was the the quickest way to make sure that I got the apartment. Yeah. That is just incredible. Like, how the fuck does somebody just 
move to another country and then you just make it happen like that. <laughs> was, like, like I remember just, that you're like, I got the visa, but it was COVID, so I couldn't go. And then you're like, so now I'm going to go. And then you just left. You just took off and you moved and lived in Dublin for a whole year. Like, yeah. that's amazing that you made it work because, dude, that seems so daunting. And, <laughs> it is. And then, you, like you said, yeah. flying by the seat of your pants, you just got to figure it out. Like, you that's just got to figure it out. I mean, I will say, like, it does, it might sound like that from outside perspective. And, like, I probably don't, I'm not going to talk about all the woes right off the bat, you know. Yeah. Um, well, I imagine it was, it was a difficult. hard year. It was a really yeah. hard year. And, like, I think I grew a lot. And as much as I miss Seattle and I feel like I missed out on a, on a lot of things, I also wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it for anything. And someone actually told me this. I, I had studied abroad in college in London and I was like, oh, I just, I don't know if I should study abroad because I'm going to be missing out on so many things in Nashville. Yeah. And they were like, well, think about all the things that you don't even realize that you're missing out on in London. Right. And I was like, <laughs> a whole nother world. Like thinking about like, yeah, that's just, that's just crazy to me. Like how many opportunities are happening all the time everywhere. Wild. Or like yeah. thinking about, um, like if you would, if again, with that why path, if you would have chosen the other path, what would have happened? Exactly. Like that's just. No fuck with you for hurts sure. It's my brain right to think about. Yeah. The what if question. I mean, yeah. it's tough, you know, <clears throat> I've been in Seattle for four years now and I feel like now my life is really starting to pick up the momentum You'd said that, that yeah. it had when I originally got here because I got here and then the pandemic happened and there's nothing. But yeah, it is. And this hard. was like your, your big thing. You were like, woo, Seattle. And then pandemic. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, like my life was in shambles in the sense of that I was just in a dark place yeah. you know and then so i flipped the table moved out here and then oh, i yeah. was renewed with life and then the fucking world ended yep. and i was like oh my god and we all hated I was like, i thought that <laughs> my life was starting to be good like i started making friends you know i started dating you know like uh, yeah like i just felt like i was uh, it was like a second coming of age but then that all just basically got put on hold but yeah. during that time obviously i was like fuck what the hell's yeah. gonna happen is the world gonna be over what do i do and so you just had to wait it out mm -hmm. and then now like over the last two years i would say that life has i felt that again like that second coming of yeah. age that 180 and like things are finding me as i'm like pursuing things that i want to do yeah you know? well it's been it's been so nice um for me to even watch that because like i mean i think the first show that i had seen of you guys was at Cafe Racer. Oh, really? <laughs> I think. No way. I'm trying That's to That's where we are right now. We're at Cafe uh, yeah, Racer. We're, we're Cafe in Cafe Racer. Racer's new Hello. green room, by the way. This place is fucking crazy. It's so sick. I'm like, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm pretty sure that that was the first one. I can't remember for like 100%, but like, you guys played a headline at Numos. Like that, that just happened. Yeah. And <laughs> that was like me, like me coming back to that, like even seeing from afar, from across the waters, seeing how much you guys have progressed, how much you guys have been doing, like you're in the studio now. I wanna hear about the studio as well. Um, it's so cool, even within the last year, two years that I've known you, I don't even know if I've known you full two years now. Maybe like a year and a half, maybe two. Something like that, yeah. Me too. It's just, I'm I'm so excited for you guys' trajectory and like, it's, it's definitely showing like you, <laughs> Are having a 180 for Seattle for sure. Like, I think so. Yeah. So many things are happening. It's digging some roots. <laughs> digging some <laughs> roots. Um, but but yeah, it, it definitely has been special, and I'm just trying to appreciate it as it's happening and understand that. God damn it! That fucking cliche that <laughs> it's about the journey, not the destination. Because ah. of course I want to be a fucking millionaire rock star. Don't have to have a job. Oh yeah. Fuck Some off dream. and travel whenever I want and yeah. eat good food and just have all my time as my own. Speaking it out to the universe, baby. <laughs> you gotta put it out there. Um, you gotta be intentional. That's the thing. Like it's so it's so easy to be like wrapped up in the next thing. Yeah. But. Or just like I the guess, thing that you want, but yeah, then you like just you're have always, to, it's like tunnel vision, but it's like, yeah. you have to keep that in mind, but like, you're not going to get there if you're not intentional right now, mm -hmm. you have to appreciate where you're at and be like, okay, this is my, this is my short term goal. And I'm, I'm here. Yeah. Do a little celebratory. It's you know? happening. Like, right. You gotta be excited. 
Absolutely. Yeah, it's all about the it's all about the steps. Like, because if you focus on where you want to end up, if you fall anywhere short of that, you're going to be disappointed. Exactly. So it's like, why are you doing it if you're only focused on the end? Exactly. Yeah. It's just so much fun. I'm literally yeah. living a dream. I am so fucking fortunate and lucky so to be doing good, it. Too. <laughs> you know? I'm, uh, that was like, so I think that was a very, my buzzword lately has been serendipity. I don't know why, but I've been saying it like crazy. Um, I think it was, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> They're still doing some renovations to the cafe racers. Anyway, um, I think it was very serendipitous that like, I had gotten a text from my friend Christian, um, who's also my guitarist for a bit. He's phenomenal. He's a phenomenal musician. Um, great friend as well. Uh, he had texted me before I was even back in Seattle, and he was like, hey, don't, don't make plans for January 14th. And I was like, why? He's like, Balcony Bridge is playing at New Orleans. And I was like, sick. He's like, we're <laughs> going. I'm like, okay, I'll be there. Like, I have no plans yet. I don't even know the apartment. Um, it was like a dream. It was such a dream come true to like see so many familiar faces there. And then whenever I remember I was saying hi, to, I think I was saying hi to Maddie. <laughs> and then like right behind Marco was you. And I was like, oh my God. This is oh my you know? gosh. It was so fun for me. I love surprising people with just like myself. If I could, oh, that's right. Yeah, that's your <laughs> yeah. bit. You just show up. <laughs> I'm just like, hey, yeah, I, I've done it a, a good few times. We did it at the at the other show as well. Um, at uh, Clock Out Lounge. Oh, yeah, Day Soul Exquisite. Yeah, for Day Shout Souls. out. Yeah, they were, oh my God. Dude, Breaks so and Swells well. blew me the breaks fuck away. Breaks and Swells, too. La I'm like, I'm obsessed that, that with all of them. That whole night. I'm obsessed with all of them. Um, but I knew my friend Derek was playing. Yeah, when I found out that my friend Derek, again, serendipitous, yeah. um, that he was playing for Breaks and Swells, I was like, I can't wait to just walk in and see him. And like, it was the same thing with you guys of like, People kind of knew I was back. They didn't know exactly. I didn't know what my plans were. I just knew I wanted to get back to Seattle as soon as possible. But um, it's just so fun just like showing up and being like, hee hee. And then I get to celebrate. I got to celebrate you guys on like your huge headline show. And like, oh my God, seeing you guys play at Numos was actually so crazy and like so, oh, it was so fun. It's such a blast. And like seeing you guys for the first, like, oh my God, all of you were just, Jacob was on the phone outside when and we then, were walking up and I was like, and his face was like, <laughs> <laughs> and later was like, oh my God, I didn't know you were, how are you? And I was like, I'm good. I think a big piece I'm of what I'm loving that you're saying right now is just the, that sense of community, seeing those familiar faces and it's like just seeing oh somebody God. and how it just warms you up, you know, or, or you discover a band that suddenly moves you that you didn't know before. Yes. And it's like, there was a yeah. before and then there's, and there's an, an after, after you know, there, <laughs> there was really a before breaks and swells and an after breaks and swells, you know, yeah. there's a before that night at the clock out lounge and then there's an after. And, yeah. and one, one thing I love is like when you're a part of these things by either just being a spectator or being fortunate enough to make friends out of this, mm -hmm. it's like, it it fuels you and then you can carry that after the experience yeah you know? well even again with the before and after um a big thing i was worried about with moving to ireland was like i have so many good things that i love about seattle i'm like i don't want to leave seattle but i felt like so many other things had been like ripped out from under me or like a lot of things were moving around and it was actually my coworker um malbert shout out to malbert he's incredible i like asked him for coffee and just like word vomited all over him and i was like all this stuff is happening and i'm like i found out i could go to ireland and he was like you have to like you have to i can't tell you not to go like you have to do it um and i was like i just feel like i i love seattle all this everything i just said and he's like you have seattle on lock the people that you have here are going to be here when you get back and they're going to welcome you back and nothing is going to be, I mean, he was right. I don't know if I fully believed him at the time, but I was like, I have to do it. Um, and that's, that's a whole thing too of like, I didn't expect people to, to miss me. I didn't expect people to think about me and t message me when I was gone, you know? And it's just been like me before Ireland and me after Ireland. It's like, a lot of it is the same and a lot of it has changed, but like, it's for the better. Like, I just love, I could cry. I love, I'm I about love to, Seattle dude. so much. <laughs> like, it's just, 
I had so many people that I missed with like everything that I had. And there were so many days that it was just hard and it sucked. And I felt like everything I did just wouldn't, nothing would work out. And I was like, I just wish that I would be, I can't wait for the day I get back to Seattle. Even I was so, there was one day that I was like, all I want right now are the gar is the garlic aioli and the fries at Life on Mars. <laughs> I would give anything for those fries. Like, um, I don't know if I've had those fries before. Oh, they're so good. They're so good. I mean, yeah, I, I'm obviously biased, but I think they're so good. Um, and I think it's also like to be able to sit and eat those fries as I'm like looking at all these people that I work with and I am so close with and I like can't right now cause I'm across the world. You know? Yeah. But yeah, that does seem probably like the hardest part of it is some sense, not isolation, but the separation, you know, of being I I would away. say both like isolation and separation. Cause you did make friends over there. Oh, right? traveling. I, I'm so I'm like over the moon about like I've met so many incredible amazing people um actually I had all of my stuff stolen when I was in Prague which Damn. was like my last trip I was literally supposed to go from Prague back to Dublin for a day and then back to the states passport credit cards everything was stolen Fuck. oh I remember before. that yeah I think I told you about this um but it was, it was like so devastating, but like everyone rallied around me. People that I had known for like two days, people that had just met me, like as I'm telling them, oh, I'm actually, all my stuff stolen. I have to go to the embassy on Monday. Um, and just like rallying behind me, it was absolutely insane. Um, and those people I'm gonna, gonna have in my life forever, I bet. Like I still talk to them most days, you know? Um, yeah that's incredible the power of the kindness yeah. of strangers you know when somebody just needs help like really needs help you're yeah. a foreigner abroad and then you lose all the things that you need to survive out there you know yeah it was i don't know what i would have done in that situation if those people didn't weren't there for me honestly like i was i was a wreck the first day like yeah man and I, i'm sucks. usually quite positive you know like i i tried to stay on the positive side of it it could have been so much worse than it was but they definitely you know the first night a few a few people i had just met like held me while i cried and yeah. were like one one of my friends actually was like this is what you need to do i know you don't want to hear it but like you're gonna be you'll be back in the states in a week I was like, that's so long. I'm supposed to be there tomorrow. Uh, but he was like, listen, like, this is what's going to happen. This is what you need to do. And he just, like, put it all out there for me, and it kind of snapped me into it. Like, the next day, I was like, he's right. Yeah, the power of people, man. It's Kind people. People need people. Yeah. Kind people. It's people do. Cool. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's something that I've been thinking about. I'm like, because we've talked about it on the podcast and like even something just as simple as just smiling at people, you know? Yeah. Sometimes I feel like I have to, my smile, when I smile, it's like I'm shattering like a rigid part of myself. Like I'll wake up and let's say if I haven't had my coffee or if like I'm having a groggy morning, I'm just not feeling good that first half of the day. Yeah. That first smile almost feels like it's like breaking the ice or breaking some shell of myself, you yeah. know? And sometimes it's a little weird. Like I probably give that first person I smile to probably is like, you know, uh, you know, take, taking one for the team, you could say, <laughs> you know, because it's a brutal one. I'm like, you're like, <laughs> oh my God. You know, like, like just trying to smile and you're like, <laughs> But you're you're breaking off all the you layers, know. you know, and then you're like, yeah, yeah and then you're like, oh, oh, that wasn't so hard. I can do it. Can. And the other person on the street is just like, is this guy okay? Yeah. <laughs> is he gonna be following me for no. those seventy minutes? Uh, <laughs> I hope I don't give that vibe. But uh, it's but, probably not as bad as you think it yeah, is. Yeah, too. It's just like takes you a second to get into it. Exactly, yeah. you know. Yeah, and then you're just like, oh, okay, all right, yeah, just smile. Smiling is not that hard, and it does yeah. a lot, you know. Um. But yeah, okay, so yeah. now you're back in Seattle. I'm back in Seattle. What's next? You can play any shows? You release yeah. some more music? Yeah. I. Obviously, you have a lot of experience to draw from over the last year, you know? Like, put that into music, you know? Yeah, I. It's funny, actually, because I listened to one of the songs that I wrote and produced while I was in Ireland. And I remember thinking, eh, 
it's why am I putting so much effort into the song and I'm like iffy on it but I just got my little like booth thing set up and I listened to it and I was like damn there's some good stuff in this like there's a few lyrics that I'm like that's that's cool and like it's very like dark like kind of witchy vibes and like it's very dramatic I'm into that um and I'm like I that's definitely I think that one is a strong contender for the next release um I'm kind of in that stage right now where I'm like trying to bring down the list um I don't necessarily want to do a full album right now I will definitely in the future but yeah I'm kind of thinking more of like a like a shorter EP because both of my last EPs were a little bit longer. It was like five or six songs. Yeah. yeah, on both of them. And um, I would like to do something like short, but like cohesive. Like I want it to have like an overarching theme. It'll probably end up being another five songs or something. But Why not? Full yeah, send it, you know? I'm like... The songs are good and you're having fun, you know? And if it, if it all makes sense together, that's like my biggest thing is like okay. I want... Because both of the EPs I felt like kind of told a story yeah like i wanted it to kind of be like this cycle where it's like beginning of something to the end of something right. and we start it again yeah. like um so i wanted to i wanted to somehow like tell a story somehow and yeah i i'm definitely starting that process now um again i i thought shows weren't going to happen for a while but like i i need to talk to some people about just band stuff and all, all of that jazz. Yeah. And I sounds I have I have high hopes. I yeah. have lots of things I need to need to figure out. But Yeah, I feel like over the last year, you know, you've kinda in some way been building yourself up to get back into it and oh, like back so into ready. the scene yeah. here in Seattle, you know. Yeah. Well even just being surrounded by this many incredible musicians, I'm just like Yeah. Why would I <laughs> And there's definitely no rush either. Like I imagine being abroad for a year and then coming back there's like some uh reacclimating a yeah. little bit you know and then just kind of like catching your breath and and getting back into it i definitely just... have to do a few more adult things which yeah. is <laughs> i do have an apartment though so yay yeah that's um, awesome yeah i have to do a few things like that but um yeah i i mostly just want to figure out like logistics about um like shows i mean i would i would love to get on some bills with people just like acoustic or like a smaller um like a smaller group yeah and then eventually like start practicing with everybody and getting the band together mm-hmm. so many ideas as well so i'm yeah. just battling with uh decision fatigue <laughs> yeah i feel that yeah, yeah when uh we just went into the studio and we just got out after five days and yeah. i remember before going in i thought that it was going to be like some weird whirlwind and like by the end of it, I would like not know like up from down or whatever, but no, it was fine. Like we had fun. I think that we were in a good environment. The producer that we worked with, his name is Larson Hackenstad. Look him up if you want some good work. That is such a cool name. Yeah, right. <laughs> Doesn't that sound cool? That sounds dope on a record. Why does it like roll off the tongue? Larson Hackenstad. What is his last name? Hackenstad. 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 Something about Lawson the, the syllables in that just scratch an itch. That's really fun. But anyway, <laughs> but I relate to this, some of the things you were saying earlier about like when you go into the studio with people and you have to kind of let go of your ideas because they bring their own ideas and can mm-hmm. help improve upon that, mm-hmm. right? Because they're just kind of adding their own spice. I remember I had a joke where I was like, well, can I try this? And he's like, no. <laughs> he's like, why? <laughs> and I was not. like, well, if you're putting spice on it, let me put my spice on it. You know? spicy. So there was, there was like a sense of Sean being a little sassy at times. Because uh, that is like a growing experience, you know? Sean being sassy? Yeah. Did it's you guys there. get that filmed? <laughs> Did you get any video of that? Um, somebody actually came um, to uh, day two of our session. And nice. he was there all day and was filming some B-roll for... I don't know if I'm, I think I'm allowed to talk about it, but they're shooting a documentary about the band. Um, yeah, yeah, so it'll be fun. Yeah, it's some students from UW. And, Heck yeah. Uh, oh, I can't wait for that. Yeah, it was one of those things. I was very happy that somebody was there to document that and to save that because, you know, it's, it's a time in our life. And these songs that we're producing, we're really excited about. And I really hope that we get some good stuff out of it and that I we look back on fun. this time. Yeah. We look back I, on this time and, you know, enjoy it. I think it's so important to get stuff from the studio as well. Like even even from your band's perspective, like 
you guys will want to look back at it. Your fans are going to want to look back at it. Yeah. Your family and friends are going to want to look at it. Exactly. It's, I think it's so fun, like, seeing how people act in the studio as well. Like, it's just always a vibe. <laughs> it's always a vibe. Yeah, we turn into goofballs. Yeah. It's funny. Uh, whenever Jack leaves, Jacob, myself, and Jillian, we turn into, like, little goblins. <laughs> like, we turn into little monsters, dude. We, like, start making the silliest fucking jokes. And, I don't know, we just egg each other on in a way that's, like, teasing, so but it's like fun. Jack is, like, the adult. Pretty in much, the- yeah. Jack, Jack, <laughs> it's like, okay, guys, he just get doesn't it have he doesn't have like that same level of uh, ridiculousness that, yeah. that we do, you know. Or if he does, and he's like withholding it, you know. Um, <laughs> we would love to see that. But yeah, um, yeah, I love those guys, and I think part of why it was a smooth process was because we were just having fun mm-hmm. and we weren't taking it too seriously. There were times when it got minorly stressful but that was usually just because we were trying to figure something out it, it wasn't because we were upset or angry with each other couldn't stand being around each other or anything like that because you guys wanted the best for the band like you all wanted to make it sound good yeah you know? like you got to figure it out mm-hmm. only the best things are relatively stressful i think yeah i think so but yeah we had a good time yeah. we came out I, again like the stuff that we got i think we're really happy with and i'm excited for it to get out into the world I can send you some of it if you want to. I was going to say, did you get them back already? Uh, Not yet. We'll probably have like rough mixes in the next day or so. I'm actually going to go see Larson after this. Um, Yeah, so I'm going to get some stuff from him. (laughs) Dude, it is so (laughs) exciting. You know, like I'm not trying to have like too many expectations because this is the first time that we're releasing like studio produced to this level. You know, to hear it. Um, So, yeah, we're excited and excited for the future. And, you know, I think things are coming together in good ways and up and coming up and coming you know but just enjoying it and uh, and understanding that you know it is just what it is now Mm -hmm. you know don't think too much about what you want because like i said of course i want to be a millionaire fucking rock star and fuck off whenever i want all the time to myself that's uh i think that's that once upon a time i used to say this maybe it's a part of my ethos is i just want to escape with all of my time you know oh i love that let me let me let me have all my time because it sucks when we have to like go to work for a job that we aren't about, you know, and just feel like we're spending our time mm-hmm. doing things that we're not invested in, you know? And maybe to some degree that's selfish, right? Cause we can't just always do the things that we always want to do. And sometimes we need to do things that are, that we're not super excited about, right? Mm-hmm. And like sacrifice, blah, blah, but, but yeah. The less in- interesting things. I mean, of all the people in the world, I feel like a lot of, people wouldn't go to work if they didn't have to yeah you know and i feel like that's that's a bigger thing within the last couple years like i think people realized how much they hated their jobs or like they just went off to europe (laughs) not me not me specifically but um they would go travel or you know they would quit their job and start something new Mm -hmm. and it's like i feel like that is happening a lot more now, like that we're just figuring it out. Like so many people here too, like we're happy to take risks. Like a, yeah, or like a non nine to five job yeah. and do other things. Like it's, it's a lot different than I, I think it was like, for example, when our parents grew up, like we're more willing to like sacrifice it a little bit. Um, to do the thing that we truly want to be doing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But I also think if, if all we were ever able to do is, if it's all pleasure, then you're not gonna, you're gonna start to not enjoy that as much. So yeah. it's, it's about being like intentional with the moments that you do have. And mm-hmm. like, I, I saw a quote recently that it was like, life is about um, finding little joys in every day, like ending the day with like, that was a good day, you know, and not, I think that's more of like the intentionality thing of like being in the moment, enjoying your time while you have it and not focusing on the end goal all the time. Cause then, like I said earlier, like you're always going to be focusing on that end. And if you fall anywhere short, you're constantly going to be upset or like you're going to see yourself as a failure, you know? Yeah. Which is just. Yeah, it's uh, it's something that I've been saying a lot recently about just managing your expectations, you know, and if you just, if you have a good relationship with that, yeah, then I think that will allow you to 
experience joy a little bit more because yeah. then like you're saying you can just be in the moment just appreciate what you have and what it is rather than this thing that you're reaching for that you don't have yet you know? yeah you gotta enjoy what you're doing absolutely i mean you know at the end of the day (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly for money that makes no sense (laughs) for money and quality of life because i got a kid to feed or some shit i mean uh, fuck you know (laughs) (laughs) you're really playing up the dad vibes right now like what's going on (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um yeah anyway anna it's been great to have you i'm so glad that you're back in seattle and i'm so inspired that you took such a huge risk you know to leave a place of comfort right but knowing that the life that you had built here would just be put on pause right and to go abroad live in an unfamiliar place for a year to make it work for you even through like all of the hard times and then to come back here with all of those experiences and a renewed sense of appreciation for being here and the community and knowing that this is your place (laughs) it's beautiful it's it's beautiful it's amazing it's not something that i think a lot of people get to experience in life because taking a risk like that is not easy not everybody has the opportunity to do that and i feel like you sharing that with me it just is also good for me you know to simply put i will i i do really feel like um me leaving made me realize how much I'm, you know, like you kind of have to leave to realize like what you had, yeah, you know, and I, again, buzzword of serendipity, like everything that has happened since coming back has been just like the universe is doing something. And I think it's really solidified that like, this is where I'm meant to be. And I might not have known that if I hadn't left. So I really appreciate that. Thank you so much for having me as well. Like, of course, yeah. I am also so inspired by you and like watching you on stage and becoming your friend after over the last couple of years. Like, it's been so exciting to see your growth, and I'm so ex- I'm stoked about this podcast. Like, I, <laughs> yeah, I was so too, happy to know? be invited on it in the beginning. So this has been so fun, and I'm really excited for you. Thanks, thanks. Yeah. <clears throat> Bestie. <laughs> <laughs>